Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you can hear me. Yes? Wonderful. So, we continue our journey through the Beethoven sonatas. Today, we will talk about five sonatas, starting with the so-called two easy sonatas, Leichte Sonaten, Opus 49. You, you may ask why I am breaking the chronological sequence. Uh, the answer is I am not breaking the chronological sequence. Uh, the opus numbers are misleading. Uh, it reflects the date of publication and not the date of composition. These two works were written between 1795 and 1798, so this is right where they belong in this program. Uh, they have nothing in common with, with the Waldstein Sonata, which would be the next opus number, opus 53. Uh, most of you who play the piano or took piano lessons will be intimately familiar with these wonderful little pieces. Uh, we, we know very little about the, the background of, of composition. There is no dedication um, for these sonatas, so we do not know what Beethoven's purpose was, but I do assume that there is a certain pedagogical purpose here. Uh, there is a great history of keyboard music, starting with Johann Sebastian Bach's two- and three-part inventions. Uh, then all those wonderful little pieces that, that Mozart composed as a child. And later, Robert Schumann's album for the young. Um, these are wonderful introduction to, to keyboard music and to, to the art of piano playing and to the art of composition. And Beethoven had no children himself, himself, but of course he later had Karl, his nephew, and I'm sure that in the Viennese circle of aristocrats to whom Beethoven frequently composed, um, there must have been many, many musical children around. And... Uh, he must have had this in mind. Bear in mind that when you play the piano, you can give a musical child immediately very good music. And, and those of you who have children and they take piano lessons, then please bear, bear this in mind. Always give a child just the very best music. Don't give them too many etudes and exercises because it will spoil the joy of music forever. <laughs> of course, one has to learn to play, play the keyboard, to learn, one has to learn to, to play scales and, and learn the, 
the fingerings for, for all the different scales. But this can be done in combination with, with really great music. And this is what Beethoven gave us here. If, if your child is musical, then she or he can play these pieces after maybe two or three years of studying the keyboard. Just imagine how many years of taking violin lessons it will take until your child will be able to play the first Beethoven violin sonata. It's already very difficult and it will be many years of incruciating torture <laughs> before that you all have to go through. So, let's examine this first sonata, G minor, opus 49, number one. And it's in two movements. Uh, this is a model of, of Joseph Haydn. Haydn has many piano sonatas in two movements. Mozart has none. They are all in three movements. Among the Mozart violin sonatas, we, we find pieces with two movements, but not among his piano sonatas. And uh, if I play for you the beginning of Haydn's G minor sonata, it's in the same key, and it starts like this. So I'm just showing this because, because Beethoven said that from Haydn you couldn't learn a thing. So, so there it is. Of course, you know, Beethoven was a very rebellious young man and, and later on he would, ha would have never said something so naughty. And, uh, Maybe it was not actually at, at the lessons of Haydn that, that Beethoven learned the most, but by just being near to Haydn and, and studying his, his scores and his works. And there is really no greater master than Haydn, and I don't have to say that to you because I know that already in his lifetime Haydn was so well appreciated in this city, and, and it is even now so. And, we have had wonderful celebrations of Haydn in, in, at the Wigmore Hall. So, the, the tonality of G minor is, is very peculiar, and this is the only G minor piano sonata of Beethoven. There is one for cello and piano, opus five, number two. <laughs> very grave piece of music. Uh, 
the, the keyboard sonata that we are examining now is nothing tragic. It's, it's very sad. It's, it's, uh, it, it has a certain resignation. It starts with an andante movement, starts with an upbeat, so... And there's always this singing quality, the cantabile style of playing. Um, then the main theme takes a new turn. towards the, the parallel major, G minor and B flat major. So we are on the dominant of the parallel key. Then comes a new theme. see that it's opposed to Haydn who is always building from little cells, little molecules. Beethoven is bringing something new into piano music, into keyboard music, and this is a more horizontal style. He's, he's using very long legato phrases several bars long. If, if you look at a Haydn or a Mozart score, those composers are much more pragmatic. Uh, you see very short slurs, maybe maximum a bar long, or even shorter ones. And this, this shows you also the articulation. They are also more composers for string instruments. Uh, and when we interpret Haydn or Mozart, I think that it's very important to observe these slurs, and you can always play in Mozart a slur on one bow. You never have to change it. Today, string players often change bows unnecessarily because they want to make a big sound. That is not, not the purpose. I think it is quite criminal to, to break a a Mozartian slur. Now, Beethoven is not pragmatic at all. He is attempting the impossible and, and making very, very long slurs in piano music. And in, in this, he is showing us the very, very long phrases. You have to, to imagine a, a, a long phrase together. So, then, after this B-flat major theme, a little epilogue. And all the three themes of, of this exposition are 
closely related. Then the exposition will be repeated, and now we come to the central section, the development section, uh, where we get the first forte. Um, this is a, a light sonata, a little sonata, so don't expect here gigantic dynamic contrasts. I, sometimes I get criticized that I don't do enough contrasts in these sonatas because there aren't great contrasts in these sonatas. This is not the Hammerklavier sonata. This is not the Appassionata. And I think it's, it would be co completely wrong to make, make an elephant out of, out of a little bird. So I, I finished the exposition now. Now the development. And the new key, E flat major, related to G minor. And the, to, to the parallel key, there is a dominant tonic relationship. Um, also, these trills are new and they are quite dramatic, not enormously dramatic. But, and also when Beethoven uses a unison, it has a rhetorical element, a speaking element. So he wants to emphasize something. Now comes a new theme. the variation of the same Beethoven was a great improviser and a great master of, of variation techniques so you will see these are written out variations but you can imagine Beethoven the improviser so He's using this, this epilogue theme. And we are already in three turns back on, on the dominant. So this um, and the uh, all of you who are musical, you, you will feel that we are on the threshold of, of coming home. And this is the wonderful thing why I think sonata form is one of the great inventions of mankind. Because you can express so much in so little time and you, you can show dramatic conflicts. You can be lyrical, you can be dramatic, and then there, there is this, this element of the form and this, this well, between de development section and, and recapitulation. There is this, this feeling of, of coming home, and I think all human beings, they need a, a sense of coming home. And uh, this is something I very sadly miss in, in today's music. I don't feel any, any sense of coming home because there is no, 
no tonal system. Maybe some of you feel it, but to me it's like a, it's like a foreign language, and and to me this this is a language I I understand and. Uh, uh, Dominant. And you can see, even in, in a light little sonata, very daring chromatic steps and, and dissonances. No? Sforzandi. a crescendo and then a subito piano. This is also typical for Beethoven that he does not prepare the dynamics. The, the dynamics are achieved with, a, with an element of surprise. Uh, and by the way, and the, when I come to the next sonata then it will be even more um, surprising that Beethoven who later marks his scores quite meticulously. There are very few instructions in these two sonatas as far as, as the dynamics and the, and the articulation is concerned. But here he writes a crescendo and a subito piano. You can remember how the movement started with an upbeat. And this is just a beautiful natural touch of never doing twice the same. Beethoven's recapitulations are never mechanical. So it this is identical. But now he uses an, a counterpoint, and he, now he puts the theme in the bass. Again, forte and subito piano. second theme appears in, in the tonic key. Uh, uh, the rest of the recapitulation is quite predictable, but then there is a very beautiful poetic coda, which is... Um, Pianissimo. So it's a very beautiful poetic ending. Um, second movement is, is a rondo in six, eight times. So one, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five, six. But it starts with, with a very 
unusual four quaver upbeat. One, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four. cheerful and, and funny in a way. Beethoven is a great master of, of humor and it's very difficult to interpret this, this theme that, that the listener uh, understands where the downbeat is without really being too, too didactic. So if I think, if you start to say Ludwig van Beethoven, Ludwig van Beethoven, then you will get it, so Ludwig van Beethoven, Ludwig van Beethoven. That's a downbeat. Uh, then comes a, a new phrase with a half close. And then on this dominant Five, six, five chord. There is a fermata, and then he, he repeats the theme in the upper register. Then comes the minor episode, forte and more dramatic, again in unison. flat major, which is the parallel key of G minor. We have seen that in the first movement. And now comes a very beautiful new theme, which reminds me very much of Mozart, with whom Beethoven has very little in common. But you will see what I mean. We'll... for you something like this here. I feel a, cl a close, not resemblance, but something very Mozartian. And then these beautiful harmonies in the Beethoven sonata. With the inner voices. Again, back to the minor. End of the episode, and then comes he, he has a false return in the minor key. Just like a quotation, and then back to the major. Yes, 
And then, even in, in this very light sonata, and an easy sonata, but I think this movement is a little difficult for children. <laughs> um, for example, look at this motive, which is full of imitation, very Bachian. If your child has played a lot of Bach, then it's no problem. <laughs> and they should. Uh, so after this, after this contrapuntal few bars, then the B flat major episode returns in the home keys. touch. It's very, very beautiful. And then just a little coda. Then there's a fermata, so you would expect cadenza like in a piano concerto, but nothing of the kind because he just ends this very modestly. And the piece should be really finished here, but now comes a few motives of what I would call a, a Swiss yodel motif. <laughs> So it's an Austrian or Swiss motif. That's it. So this was Opus 49, number one. Uh,